Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we magnify and glorify your precious name. Lord, just thanking you for who you are on this morning. Thanking you, Lord God, that you are the God. And you are God alone. That you are our Lord. That you are our King, Lord God. That you are our Savior, Lord God. That you are our Keeper. The Keeper of our soul, Lord God. Just as it's already been said that you will never leave us, nor forsake us, Lord God. And that we can count on. So right now, Lord God, as you speak to our hearts by your word, Lord God, I pray right now, Lord God, through the praise and worship, through prayer, Lord God, and through the words of encouragement and the testimonies, Lord God, that you have brought us to a place in our spirits right now that it that it's wide open to you Lord God that in our spirit Lord God right now that we can receive the, your word Lord God that we don't have any blinders or, or blockages up Lord God but that we just receive the unadulterated truth Lord God that it will come in that it will take root Lord God that it will do like the, the song said in praise and worship that it will change us, Lord God. Yes. That it will rearrange us, oh God. That we may never be the same, Lord. Yes. We need you today, Lord God. Yes. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us, Lord. Yes. We, we only can say that we love you because we know and have felt your love, Lord God. And because of your love, and because we know it, Lord God, this is why we praise you. This is why we glorify you. This is why we magnify your name. We love you, Lord. We don't even truly have a glimpse of how much you really love us, Lord God. But thank you, Lord. For just that bit of understanding that we have, Lord God. We thank you for your love. Yes. So touch us right now by your word. Speak to us, Lord God. Encourage us. Fill us up, Lord God. Give us what we need, Lord God. Not what we want. Unless it's what we need. Give us what we need today, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. amen and amen. Glory to God. Wow. It's a beautiful thing when God uh, just continues to show himself. And as the testimonies begin to come forth and continue to come forth, then the word that God has for us has already been spoken. And no, I didn't meet with, uh, with some of the testifiers this morning before service and say, I want you to testify to this or testify to that. No, God knew what he wanted and God is able to place in our hearts well before and he knows how to bring it together. Glory be to God. So I thank God for each and every one of you that did give words of encouragement in, in, in the in the testif in testifying, you know, that uh that you didn't hold back and that you allowed God to use you.
So having said that, if you will, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And this is a passage of scripture that we're all so familiar with. We're going to start at verse 25. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. If I have to give a title to this message, it would be, Do Not Worry About Your Life. See, somebody got up here and was talking about how worried we are. Yes. Didn't know the title of the message. Didn't know what God had already orchestrated. But God says, don't worry about your life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And this kind of goes, you know, God is just so good in how he orchestrates things. And somebody said that even. If we trust him enough and if we can just, if we see the hand of God at work, it ought to encourage us to trust him even the more. It ought to build us. It ought to help us to be able to walk according to his plan, but not just walk according to his plan, but it ought to build us something up on the inside of us that will help us to trust in the Lord. And even on last week, as God spoke to us about, do you remember what the sermon was about last week? About being as a child and, and the, the, the child, the characteristics uh, that, that, that Jesus, you know, seen and, and that is demonstrated in a child that there's something about them characteristics that as a believer to be used in the kingdom or to be great in the kingdom and those, what is great in the kingdom we talked about great in the kingdom is that which God can use what's least in the kingdom is that which God cannot use or if, you're not, if, if we're not usable then that is least in the kingdom those of us that are, are willing to die to our flesh enough and to take on these characteristics, uh, you know, that leads in these character lead, these characteristics that he's asking us to walk in leads to dependence, see, on him, which that's what he wants. That to, for us to realize that he is our source. And not, not only dependence on him, but it also leads to trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord, not just dependent on Him, but yes, certainly dependent on Him. Somebody say dependent on Him. But also trusting in Him. Somebody say trust in the Lord. Yes, because see, that's what it's going to take, all of that. And it leads us to where we are even today in the words that He wants to speak to us. That do not worry about your life. Here in Matthew chapter 6 verse 25, we see that this is Jesus speaking. And this is early on, at the beginning, somewhat close to the beginning of, the, of Christ's ministry. If you've read or studied the book of Matthew, uh, or any of the Gospels for that matter, you know, this comes at a time where Jesus had met his disciples, where there was a multitude of, of people continues to follow him this is where he had sat down and he had gave the beatitudes uh, he had preached a sermon to them uh, to the multitude on the beatitudes most of you guys remember that and then he also had sat down with his, his disciples and for and he began to minister to them he had ministered to them many different things it goes all the way back to chapter 4 you can see where, where he, he began to minister to them and, and it leading all the way down here to Matthew chapter 6 and it was so many things that Jesus was sharing with them 
of his word. I mean, you have to just be able to go back and read. But uh, we're not going to go over everything that he had said on that day or during that time. But it leads us all the way to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And it reads like this. It says, therefore, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. I say unto you, do not worry about your life. What will you, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on, is not, here, here, hear this, hear this, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not more valuable than these and then verse 27 it says which of you by worrying can add one cubic to his stature so why do you worry about clothing consider the lilies of the field how they grow they neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon, come on somebody, in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow thrown out, into the oven will he not much more clothe you oh you of little faith therefore do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for after all these things the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. And then verse 33, it says, but, somebody say but. but. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, yet again, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Yes. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. Yes. We've read through that. I know that you've heard that. And I know this ain't just the first time that many of you have even read this. But God wants us to real something about today that God wants to touch. He wants us to receive this in our heart because while we know the words, he's not talking about us knowing the words, he's talking about us receiving something in our hearts. So how many of us know that God is God that, that, that uh, clothes the lilies of the valley? How many of us know and, and have heard that it's God himself that feeds the birds of the air? The, they, don't, they don't work, they ain't got a job. Yeah. 
Them lilies of the field, just as the word said, they don't spin nor do they toil. What does that mean? They don't get up and they don't have no nine to five. They don't have a job. But guess what? The lilies of the valley, of, of, of the valley, of the lilies of the field, the grass of the field, the Bible says here that Solomon, you know who Solomon was, right? In all of his wisdom, and Solomon was one of the richest men that ever lived on the earth, was not arrayed like this grass. He was, was not clothed like the, the, the grass, the lilies of the valley. And so what is God saying? See, what God wants to speak is something that's real, more than us just hearing some things. God wants to speak to some hearts today. Because that we living in a time right now, and, 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 and I'm not the only one knows that on my birthday, Friday, you know, that we got a new president. And from what I can tell and what I'm sure what you can tell right now, we don't know what direction any of this, as far as this country is concerned, is going. But yet God says, do not worry. He's in control. There ain't no doubt about that. But even more so than just the President Trump. But even for just moving it more personal to each and every one of our own lives, we are dealing with so much. We are going through many different things. And how many of us spend so much time Worried. Yes. Worried. And God knows that. Yes. You don't have to raise your hand. It ain't for you to raise your hand. But we spend too much time worrying is what God is saying. That's why he wants to address it in our lives. He don't want you to be worried about anything. But what he wants you to do is just what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7. I want you to not be worried about anything. But I want you to cast all things on me for I care for you Amen. he says call, cast all your cares see somebody already said this this is what I'm saying you, the sermon has already been preached 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says cast all your cares on him why for he cares for you and this ain't just something no saying God is wanting to, for us to know and understand that this is real my friend do you know that you can cast all your care? Do you know, first of all, that he told you or, or, or he's instructing us to cast our cares on him? We know it? Then it's time for us to start doing it. More than worrying about different things. It's time for us to start doing it. And this is the charge. This is the encouragement. This is what God is, is wanting to speak to our hearts now because, of, for yeah, most of us, and I would venture to say most of us, we know this. Yeah. We didn't heard it most to all of our lives. But today God is saying, it ain't, it ain't about what you, didn't, what you know and what you heard. It's about what are you going to do? Yeah. Are you going to do it? Yeah. He's challenging us now to not just go off. I know that you didn't hurt this. Matter of fact, I know that you know it. But today, God is saying, I need you to do it. I need you to do it. I need you to do it. 
The Bible also says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, we know this as well. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But what does it say? Be anxious for nothing. Enough of us don't know it. We should know that right off the bat. So we're going to hold your finger in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to go and take a look at it. Matthew, uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. But. Philippians is right after Ephesians. You got Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by what? By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the God of peace, or and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, come on somebody, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. They didn't say, do you know what it's what it says? Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, trust in the Lord. Pray and submit yourself unto God. And trust in the Lord. Trust that you can let your request be made known unto him. But do you notice it never says anything about when we make our request known unto him. That he's going to answer our prayers right there, right there, how we want it. No, but what it does say is that the peace of God, which passes your understanding, your knowledge, and your understanding. See, the reason why uh, God didn't say right here that uh, make your request be made known unto me and then I'm going to jump through hoops and I'm going to run right now and, and, and handle that for you. It's because, see, the thing about it is, is that our understanding sometimes is darkened. This is the reason why no matter what, you know, when, like my brother said, when you're in that dark place, then no, what you do is look for just a glimmer of light in there. This is the reason why it's going to require us to trust in the Lord. See, because his understanding goes past ours. And there's many examples that we can talk about. Yo, there's real examples. Yo, Lord, I need this. He knows what we have need even before we ask. But but let our requests be made known. I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to let you know, God, I need this. This is what's happening. You know, so I won't be worried. I'm I'm just going to put it out there to you. And this is what I need. And not only do we tell them what we need, we tell them how we need it and when we need it. And when we expect it to be done. But because our understanding is so minute and it, as it uh, pertains to the things of God, the will of God, the plan of God. See, our understanding and what we need and what we want and how we need it and all of these things is not according to God's plan. It's according to our plan. And see, when the Bible says that, his under, that it passes, the peace of God passes all understanding. Because see, it takes in consideration not your will, but the will of God. Do you realize today that the will of God is better than your will, my friend? 
And see, this is where God is trying to get us. And this is the reason why it's going to take us to depend on him as the source, first and foremost. And then, be, then when we can depend on him, knowing that he's the source, my friend, then now we can begin to trust in the Lord. See, trusting in the Lord, what does it mean as it pertains to this? It means this. It means that we can pray to him and make our requests make, be made known unto him. But we don't have to, uh, we can trust in that he's going to meet our needs. So more than us looking for the, the answer on what, how he wants to do it, then we can walk in the peace of God. Hallelujah. Knowing that his understanding is better than mine. So not my will be done, but your will be done. See, this is what Jesus gave us an example of. And it's been brought up even through the testimonies. The problem with that, what's the problem with that? We're just going to keep it real. The problem with that has already been said in the testimony. God is so good. The problem with that is that I don't know what it, how it's going to work out. And because I don't know how it's going to work out, then it's, it, it makes it very difficult. Because no, God, I, you doing it that way, I didn't want that. I want it to work out this way. See, and, and so what is the, the real problem is, is that in more than his will and his way, we're looking for our will and our way. See, we're just going to make the, put it to where the rubber meets the road at. And that's what the problem is. We don't really have a problem trusting in God. We just have a problem trusting in, what, in, the, in the outcome of what God might do. It ain't him that's the problem. It's, it's the outcome that's the problem. Think about it. Because if we knew exactly what he was going to do and how he was going to do it. We talked about this in Sunday school. That's one of the things, even when God uses us to, 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 to minister or to help one another to, to, for our assignments. See, when God gives you an assignment, he don't tell you every, every step. He'll tell you the next step. And then when you take the next step, he'll tell you the next step. But what we want, come on somebody, yeah, we want him to, tell, to lay the whole plan out there. Tell us, tell me every step before I take any step. But the problem is with that in God, you know what, he would probably love to do that. But God loves us more than we love ourselves, so he loves us enough to protect us from ourselves. Because if he began to tell us every step before we took any step, we would not take any step. Yeah. We, we, we'll put our two cents in. Is what will begin to happen, and, and just like the yeah, end, that's exactly what it is. We'll take one step in the right direction, and then all the rest of them is going to the left, to the left, to the left, to the left. For sure. Because our two cents think, yo, and this is what he's talking about, surpasses our understanding. See, my understanding is, is good, because I know it. Matter of fact, it's better than yours because I know mine and I don't know yours. Mine makes sense to me. You see what the problem is? Is that we limit it to our own understanding. That's where the problem is. And we would begin to change. We would add to, take away, subtract. Oh no, God, that ain't real. No, let me show you how to do it, God. The same way we treat one another. 
The same way we would treat one another, God is, is not here visibly where we can physically touch him and, and God ain't going to be the one that's going to you know, lay hands on you or knock you out right there on the spot or something like that. We more have to deal with one another you know, because you're physically here. So I'm, I'm, I'll tiptoe around you. But with God, I'll change it in a hurry. Think about it. We'll change stuff, uh, God's plan before we'll change one another because I know I'm going to have some resistance with you. We're going to have to deal with some stuff. Yeah. So I'll, I'll hesitate for a second, but with God, we won't hesitate at all. Think about it. And God is trying to draw us to a place, my friends, that this is it's going to require our dependency on him. And it's going to require our trust. And the thing about it is, it's all for us. It's all for our best interest. This is, what is the title of the message? Is don't worry about your life. Yes. This is about God meeting your needs. Yes. This is a beautiful thing. Amen. But the problem is, or the question is, where are you? Yes. See, even when God wants to meet our need, then be, be, depending on where we are. Oh, see, help us, right? Help us. Depending on where we are. He, you know, a lot of times he can't meet your need because you ain't in the right place. So where's your heart today? We can't bypass that. Where's your heart today? Is your heart set on your flesh? Or is your heart set on in the spirit, being connected to him in the spirit? Because see, all of what Jesus was ministering throughout this, he, be, he taught them how to pray. He, he began to teach them even in fasting. And, and he, he began to teach them about this relationship with the Father and how it had to be. And he, he began to minister to them right where they were. As human beings, he already knew what our biggest problem was going to be. This is why in the verses before, he, in verse 24, he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And see, he knew what our problem was going to be in there. And for the, uh, it says mammon, and that basically represents any form uh, of, of money. The form of, uh, of the means of, we call it in, in uh, today's society, the means of trade. See, the means of trade was different back then than it is now. They didn't have a dollar bill back then. But whatever, so it's called man. And it's the, the means of trade. What's going to get me what I need here in the natural is what man is. And, and we know today in the society that we live in, this Western world, the United States, what is that? Green money. They call it greenbacks. See, and money also, we know, in the book Bible tells us that the love of it is what? The root of all kinds of evil. Yes. So what Paul wrote to Timothy. 
when he was ministering to them about being growing up as a minister, don't get greedy for money, my friend. And so God is telling us, because we are living in a time right now that, yes, them greenbacks, especially where, uh, with the, all this unknown that we are about to go uh, look, can look forward to in this next four years, we don't know what's going to happen. No, we don't. But I can tell you this, God does. Yes. Yes. And his word has not changed. His word says to those of us, do you know who Jesus was ministering to? I said it already, his disciples. His, what was the disciple? The, he was ministering to his followers. He was ministering to those that were you, like you and me today. Those of us that have given our lives over to follow Christ. He wasn't talking to the non-believer. And though here, in reality, this at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, when it talks about uh, not as the Gentiles, though yes, he was speaking to all Jewish people, but this wasn't the reference to the uh, not as the Gentiles, even though he, yes, in real time, in reality, he was talking to Jewish people, because here at the beginning of his ministry, the only ones that was following him and they had been ministered to was the Jews, the children of Israel. Yeah. Yes, but even here in his reference to not to not be like those Gentiles, he wasn't talking about the nation. He was talking about non-believers in there. Just just giving you some understanding. Yes, it was a, and, and we can know we know that that's true because now that the even afterwards, as he the gospel of Jesus Christ and salvation and redemption have been opened up to Gentiles. Then you see in the book of Romans, God, the Bible says the same thing. Don't be as the Gentiles. And he wasn't talking about the nation of people. He's talking about the, uh, the state of the person. Are you a follower or are you not? And so for those of us that are followers of Christ Jesus, these, this, this is who he's talking about. So he's not talking, about, uh, he's not saying this to somebody that's a non-believer. They, they, they better be worried. And them seem to be the ones that stopped. Something's wrong with this picture, my friend. Something's wrong with the picture. We have the security as followers of Christ Jesus to not be worried about what we should eat, what we should drink, what we should wear, where we should live. And, and, and not just that. This goes beyond just even those things. It goes into us as believers not even worrying about where we're going. It really speaks to us knowing where that our lives are hidden in Christ Jesus as he says in the book of Ephesians and Colossians. Right. Really knowing and understanding what the finished work of Christ Jesus has done for us. Amen. That in Christ Jesus, glory be to God, Amen. that we have redemption. That we have life. That's why he said do not worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. What is he talking about when he says don't worry about your life? See, those of us, and he could say this with confidence to those disciples, to his followers. It's a reference to of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 
1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15 when it talks about that if we have been raised with Christ, if we died with Christ, then we've been raised with him. And those of us that live should no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for us. Hear what I'm saying. This is, this is the reference to your life. That if you are a believer today, if you have been born again, if you have been saved, uh, because if you have accepted the free gift, the gift of salvation that only comes through Christ Jesus, if that's you, then he says that you've been raised with him. And that you should know that your life is not your own. That you should no longer live your life for yourself, but for him. And if we live it for him, then this is what's the same thing that Jesus said way back at the beginning of his ministry. Don't worry about your life. And the life that he's talking about, why don't worry about your life? Because we've been given eternal life. So what does it all mean? What it all means is what is the, what, where is your heart at today? Where is your focus at? Is your focus on this life? Or is your focus on eternal life that, you, that God has given you through the blood of Christ Jesus? What are you living for? Are you living for this life? And see, even as believers, he's plainly told us, don't do that. But some of us may, do we know that he said that? And not only do you know that he said it, because maybe this is the first time that you've heard it. That's fine too. But today, let this be the day that you not just hear it, but that you begin to walk in it. This is the word of God, my friends. And this ain't what is happening here in this moment. In this moment, by the spirit of the living God, I'm telling you right now, what is happening here, this ain't no routine. This ain't something that we, uh, that we do out of obligation. As believers, then we don't come to, we don't gather together out of obligation. I'm going to stop right there for a second. Because I didn't, I didn't say that we haven't been gathered together in obligation. As believers, the gathering of the saints is not for because you are obligated. The gathering of the saints is not because this is some kind of tradition that this is what we do. If we really understand what this is all about, why I'm talking about, that's why I say right here, right now, I'm talking about what's happening right here, right now. God ain't brought us together because this is some tradition or this is what we ought to do. Or this is something what we obligated to do, I mean. No, the, the reason why he's brought us here is we have to know that this is for our life. This is what life really is. So we're not doing this because mama told us to do it or we was grown to do this. No, we're doing this because we are wanting to live the life that God has called us. And so there's no obligation in that. There's only joy in that. There's only peace in that. And I'm telling you, 
here today, my friend, right now, that the spirit of the living God is trying to knock on somebody's heart to, to rearrange that. Because then now your coming ain't going to be a, a, a struggle. God is wanting to set us free from that struggle of having uh, to, and that struggle only is, is born out of because I'm obligated to. That struggle is born out of a place of tradition. This is what mama and them told us we're supposed to do on Sunday. No, my friend. This is because of life in Christ Jesus. And how that fits all together is, again, what life are we living? And God is really wanting us to get past this. I'm, you know, so don't, please, don't just hear this. In that same place that we've heard all of the stuff before. And it never takes root. It never rearranges anything. It never changes anything. Therefore, this is the reason why we've stayed the same. And haven't changed. Why? Because if you are, don't understand that what this life is, it's not that you're living for yourself, but that you are living for him. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. That your life is for, to be lived for him. This is not about you. This is not about me. This is not about us. Our lives is for, uh, uh, the Bible refers to it as a, as a uh, I can't even put it in the right words, but it's for a, a bigger or better weight of glory. It's for a bigger purpose. For a bigger purpose, and that purpose, the bigger purpose is, is outside of you. And, and, and the, the problem is, is for so long, We've been taught to have a relationship with God, but to live for ourselves, have a relationship from, with him, that he may be able to give us what we need. And not just give us what we need, but because we have this relationship, and because, that relationship, because we are the children of the Most High God, as though he's obligated. Come on, somebody. And God is trying to get us to see something totally different. That's not what this is, my friend. You're going to be in for a rude awakening. When you come into his presence. And not that you're going to be kicked out of his presence, but the truth is going to, you're going to show, and then you're going to see that you wasted your life, your time here. That you didn't live it for him. You was living it for yourself. And wanting him to put a stamp on it, approval of it on that it's not going to happen you can see if you back up just even to verse 19 in, in chapter 16 because Jesus began as he was ministering he walked through them, them through many different things look what it says in verse 19 it says do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys where thieves break in and steal but verse 20 it says what but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys and where thieves do not break in. Guess what? Now look at verse 21. It says, for where your treasures is, there your heart 
will be also. There your heart will be also. This ain't just about your money. This is about your heart, my friend. You see, while we've been thinking about this, oh, yo, that this is about money. No, it ain't about money, but God knows you. He knows me. He knows us. And he knows that where we put our money at, we will deny that that's where our heart is. Oh, I just gave that. Oh, I just did this. Oh, I just that. No, God knows the truth. And the truth is, is that where one puts their money is where their heart is. It's where their heart is. And so he's saying, don't lay up treasures on earth. But lay your treasures up in heaven. And see, and, and the treasures that he's talking about in heaven, no, don't get, get scared because I ain't talking about no prosperity message and give to the preacher and we're going to pass the basket around three times. Because see, you can't put no treasures. Greenbacks don't go to heaven. So no, I ain't talking about that. But what I am talking about is where, your, your, where you put your treasures in. Your heart is going to be. What I'm talking about is God says, I need your heart today, my friend. Yes. And I need you to understand that what this life really is. And that are you willing to forsake your life for the life that he's called us to? Are you willing to forsake what you, you want? How you got to have it. Your understanding, your will, and your way in order to trust God enough, depend on him, and trust him enough to walk in the plan that he already has. Yes. Because the plan that he already has set for each and every one of us, it don't, it don't uh, cross paths in a way that becomes offensive to one another. The plan that he has and the path that he has laid out for us is we can move faster than we're moving now and we'll never run into each other. We'll never uh, cross each other. We'll never, uh, what's that word, uh, Man, it's a word that's so prevalent right now in, in so many in Christians, which is abomination to God. Is uh, he says it in First Corinthians chapter three, uh, no, First Corinthians chapter thirteen, when he talks about what love is and what it ain't. Oh, offense. Yeah, offense. That word that we ain't so offended. Offended. Yes, that's what it really boils down to. Much of the time that we're offended is because of truth. Right. Or of one another. I'm easily offended. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that love is not easily offended. My friends, that this life that he's calling us to, the treasure, the treasure he's talking about is not your money, it's your heart. Because where your heart is, then that's where your money's going to go. It's going to follow when it comes to him. And so God is called, yes, it's time out for all of the foolishness. And I don't know where you are, I just know where I am at. And he's saying it's time out, Pastor John, for the foolishness. In there. That I, I mean what I say, that this word is alive and it's real. That I'm not just saying this, to, and this is the reason why he was talking to us about do understanding why we gather together. Because if we just, if this out of routine or obligation, then you don't understand that how real his word is. He needs us to know how real it is. 
And that that word that he's speaking to you right now is a real-time word for you right now, wherever you are. And you would know what that means to you. You would know what it means, excuse me, not to you, but for you, from you. Now it's up to you to, if you're going to deny it or not. And, that's, and that can be very easily done as well. You can hear his word. Right. Yeah. And you can try to attribute it to what you want it to be as opposed to what it is. And my question and my charge to each and every one of us, don't do that. Please don't do it. God is charging each and every one of us to, to know what our life is for. And it says, don't worry about your life. And see, and many of you didn't heard this over and over and over again for me. Or through me, I should say. By the Spirit. Because the thing about it is that is the reason why God did what he did the way he did it. He solved the problem for sin for us through the blood of Christ Jesus. That so when he washed us in the blood, when he made you his child, when you accepted that free gift and you became a child of God, then the, uh, the real problem for him was sin. And he solved that in Christ. And the problems that we have, see that ain't no real problem to us. The real problem to us is where I'm, what I'm going to eat. What am I going to wear? Where am I going to live? You know, all our financial problems. Our money. How am I going to pay my car note? How am I going to pay my house note? And all of these different things. That's what we worry about. And God says that is nothing to me. I own all of it. That is nothing to me. I can give you. I can meet your financial needs. But what I don't want you to do, and this is why he's encouraging us now, don't worry about that because I, I, I cleared the path for you in, 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 in the redemption by the blood. Yes. And so I, and, and I got all of this, so I don't need you to be distracted by your need. Because when you're distracted by your need, guess what? You can't do the work of the Lord. That's what this boils down to. If you're worried about what you should eat and what you should drink, when you have no reason to because the word as the child of God, now that you can bank on. Yes. He says, I will meet your needs. I, it's done. He says, it's done. Yes. He says, I love you. You my child. That I'm going to do. Yes. And not only I'm going to do it, I can't, I'm able to. Yes. See, I'm able to do that. What I wasn't able to do is to, if you ain't willing to submit to me and, 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 and walk in the way that I've orchestrated redemption, now that is what you control. And I even made the, I'd have cleared the way for that through the blood of myself. That was the big obstacle. This stuff that you worried about is nothing, he said. Did you see it in the text? He says that the lilies of the field, I'm the one clothed them. They don't even work. And you out there hustling and bustling in the rat race every single day. And not only that, how much more are you? You, you are my child. That's my creation, but you my child. Do you know that you are much more than that? We discounting ourselves if we worry about something that the grass don't even worry about. And we the child of God. We don't know who we are. Come on now. 
God is saying, I need you to know who you are, my friend. You are my child. And if you focus on, if you give your life to me and quit living it for yourself, see, because when you live it for yourself, then you're getting in my way. So, yeah, I can't do. That's what's going to block me from doing what I can do, what I want to do. And we wonder where God is. Somebody already said, he, the one, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he won't. But why do I feel for a second? Because I'm blocking, because you're blocking what God is trying to do, because you're trying to do it in your own understanding. Amen. I'm going to say it again. When we don't know where he is or seem that he's so far away, then don't look for him. Look, look at yourself. Because he ain't moved. The problem is, is that you moved out of position, that you are not there. All right. So God is saying today, I need you, my friends. I need you. Please, he's pleading. It's like he's pleading with us. I'm pleading with you. Because there's some of us that are hurting right now and worry about so many things right now. And he, this ain't just for money. This is about for your kids. The one that's out there, uh, this is for, for your, your mother, the one that's sick. This is for your uncle, the one that you don't know where he is right now. This is for your loved ones as well. Don't worry. But you can't do that if you don't trust him. You can't do that if you ain't willing to pray and submit yourself to the almighty God. Yes. Because see, where there is no prayer and supplication, guess where? what is? There's anxiousness, anxiety. Yes. But what he says is where, but what he did say in Philippians chapter 4, remember we read that? That there ain't no, uh, the, 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 but be not anxious. You don't have to be anxious. For nothing, he says. But they only come by one way. That's by prayer and supplication. Amen. Hallelujah. Will you commit yourself today to prayer? To pray? Will you commit yourself to, instead of being anxious, to pray? Would you commit yourself today, instead of being worried, to submit to supplication, to spend some time with God that he may be able to work in your spirit? To encourage you, to release you, to heal you, and to set you free from worry and stress. Will you commit today to do that? And some don't misunderstand me because I know that there's some of us that have real situations. So I'm not talking about your situation being so little or minute. No, I'm talking about that we serve a God that is huge, that's big, that loves you, that cares about you, that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And it only takes prayer and supplication that leads to dependency and trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Don't worry about your life. 
Let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I magnify and glorify your precious name. Thank you.